0: Dust off your Legos, we're talking toys on this consumer goods edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools, I am Sean O'Reilly, joining you here from beautiful Fool headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia, and I am with the incomparable Vincent Shen. How are you today, sir?
1: Incomparable. You flatter me, thank you, Sean.
0: Why why are you laughing? You are <laughs> incomparable. We could search the ends of the earth and we would not find another Vincent Shen. That's true. Uh, well, uh, we missed you last week. How was Colorado?
1: Oh, it was really nice. Uh, Did we, a lot of hiking, as I understand it. A lot of uh, enjoyment of the outdoors. Just the air there is very clear. The mountains are unbelievable. Within an hour of my drive towards Boulder, I was ready to move to Colorado. Don't
0: uh, don't leave us. It's just too You're cold. That's missed. the only issue. Uh, too well, cold.
1: Yeah. It was cold when you were there. Yeah. The weather was really nice during the day it could be 60 or 70 but at night it'd be drops degrees. like a stone yeah and it snowed for two days so. oh my gosh
0: got it okay well we are talking about toys this week and what got us started on this for our listeners that are just joining us is uh the news that Mattel is teaming up with quirky a crowdsourcing invention website where you can anybody can submit an idea uh, in order to get feedback and basically try to come up with the next big toy Um, So, uh, Vince, first thing I want to know is, have you been over to Quirky and have you submitted your amazing toy ideas?
1: I have not submitted my amazing toy idea yet, but I do have multiple sets of blueprints ready to go. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, So, yeah, anybody can head over to corky.com forward slash Mattel, watch the video about the partnership. And um, Mattel's chief operating officer, Richard Dixon, actually publicly stated that this marks a new era for Mattel. And I actually don't think that's the case, and I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Leveraging Corky's platform, which allows us to discover new ideas for our toys, this new partnership will enable us to accelerate the speed and scope of invention." Um, That I do agree with. Um, Just the very idea that thousands of people could just submit their ideas and Uh, eventually, hopefully, maybe one of them will become a big idea, but um, this reminded me, the first thing I thought of was uh, the Cabbage Patch Kids, the, uh, you know, of course, I had just been born and all that, but that was, like, the Furby of the 1980s, Yeah, people killed them.
1: I remember, I remember the Cabbage Patch Kids.
0: People killed to get them and all that, the Tickle Me Elmo of the 80s, but um, it was actually invented by an art student named Xavier Roberts that started out just selling these little dolls that were... The bodies were fabric and the head was of course some kind of hardware plastic or whatever, but they were just sold at craft shows. And then it eventually just became so popular it got picked up by these major toy companies and
1: They became quite the phenomenon.
0: Yeah, and then everybody found them under their Christmas tree brought by Santa. Um, so this this immediately reminded me of that. But um what do you
1: what do you think about this? Can this help Mattel at all? I think it will. Um... You know, it definitely helps having potentially thousands of people. I think Quirky has over a million members. Yeah. So having that kind of base uh, to potentially draw ideas from is great. If anything, it'll just inspire the company. It's cause... a cheap
0: way to get ideas. For exactly, sure.
1: and they, you know, they're running into issues now with innovation and coming out with new products. You know, their big, big brand is Barbie, and That's sales for that has been stag have been stagnating or actually decreasing significantly over the past few years.
0: Now there are, there are other uh... Your doll brand, uh, American Girl, though, is killing it, but it's basically making up for the losses at uh, Barbie. But uh, I my sister grew up on American Girl dolls, and I don't know if you've been to or seen any of these stores or whatever. I went with my little cousin who's like 12. These stores are pandemonium, like they're packed, and it's not even Christmas time. It was insane. Oh, I've actually never seen one of their retail it's, locations. I have seen the it's stag- I it makes no sense to me. Like, I have I seen even... the
1: uh, the catalogs though, the mail order catalogs, yeah. Two hundred dollars for a doll? They're what? impressive, they, they pay um, yeah. and you know so the girls love them. So it's good that the sales for their for that line are helping to make up for uh, their weakness in some of their other brands.
0: For sure, yeah. And I uh, this of course none of this is surprising me, and I want to do this show because um, I have a fourteen month year old son at home, William. If you're listening to this in the future, how are you? Um, but uh, he's gotten a plethora of toys. Like, just tons of toys from Grandpa and Grandma and all the aunts and uncles, and all the stuff. Oh, I'm sure. He got, just by chance, he got two of the same talking uh, puppy dogs that you can program to say his name. Like, (laughs) I will. Like, just little things like that. Um, But uh, toys are big business, and it's become all the more apparent when you become a parent yourself. Mm. Um, According to the Toy Industry Association, yes, there is such a thing. Uh, the total market for toys across action figures, arts and crafts, dolls, games, and of course Nerf guns, which we buy lots of at full headquarters here, totaled $18.1 billion last year, which is up a very respectable 4% over, uh, over 2013, which was $17.5 billion. Um, and globally, the United States is actually just, you know, less than a fourth. Uh, it's an $80 billion market. Just toys.
1: That growth through the U.S. last year is pretty good too. That's very respectable. It's a, yeah, it's a mature industry.
0: Actually, completely side note: this is no bearing on what we're talking about at all. But um, Christmas sales were flat, but people were buying more to- toys the rest of the year.
1: Oh, is that the case?
0: Yeah, it was. It was just a little asterisk on the report that I was reading. I was like, oh wow, that's weird. But yeah. Anyway, um, so this is of course dominated by the I call it the Coke and the Pepsi of the toy industry, which is Mattel and Hasbro. Um, you know, we've got the, of course, the sidelines like the building sets, like Lego and uh, youth electronics, which are the fastest growing categories. Um, building sets actually grew 13% over last year, and 11% the youth electronics. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, grew 11%, and uh, I don't. It's it's kind of funny to me how uh, Lego's blown up. I can I obviously played with Legos when I was a kid, and I'm sure you did too. And now you've got these Lego stores. Man, if I could have bought the same colored brick. At the Lego store when I was a kid and not have to mismatch when I was building my castles and stuff, man, that would have been awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Lego has done really well.
0: Uh, and they are private, just a disclaimer. You can't invest in Lego, even though I'd love to.
1: <laughs> they've done really, w- exactly. They've done so well, uh, especially recently. And, you know, they kind of had like a resurgence in popularity, I feel, because they've done a g- good job kind of partnering with content. So, you know. Right, Star Wars is getting really big. Lego's absolutely going to have an toys Iron Man ready for that. And,
0: yeah, and so licensed toys in their support, um, and you know, and think of course Iron Man and Elsa from Frozen and all that stuff makes up a third. It's about thirty-one percent of the total industry, and that's a three percent gain over last year. And of course, the top selling toy property last year was Disney's Frozen.
1: Yep. Uh, I think Disney's Frozen- Every little
0: girl had to have an Elsa doll last Christmas.
1: Yep, made it for about $530 million of toy oh sales last gosh. year, so that is a very impressive uh, showing for Elsa.
0: <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> and they're making it Frozen, too, just for all you parents that are listening, have fun with that. Did you hear what happened with the the director of Frozen? No, what She said, she, you know, of course, everybody comes up to her and is like, oh, we loved Frozen. Thank you so much for making it. And eventually it got to the point where she just apologized to the parents for all they're having to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, some parents, I'm sure, have seen that movie probably 20 times. Yeah,
0: like DVDs are being destroyed by just watching so much. Anyway, back to business. So, uh, talk to me about Mattel and Hasbro. How big are these companies? How profitable are they? What are their major brands?
1: Sure. So Mattel, you know, we've talked. Their big brands being the American girls dolls. They have Barbie. They also have, I believe, uh, some some classics from my childhood, including the uh, cars like Hot Wheels. And size wise, between Mattel and Hasbro, they're actually very very similar at about nine point two billion dollars market cap. But Hasbro's probably been, has been showing the uh, stronger stock performance lately. Mattel's trading about $27, which is about 20 times their two, 2015 earnings. Um, they've hit some weakness. And for them, the, for the, they recently reported earnings uh, for the first quarter of this year. And for them, a win is not losing as much money as Wall Street was expecting. Uh, ultimately, uh, just a decrease in earnings you mean yeah they're they're actually they're down but they weren't down as much as Wall Street was expecting so that's a win for so them that's a win, whereas yeah. Hasbro's actually you know it's growing it's growing it's beating on okay. the revenue and uh, earnings lines and something else that kind of surprised me that for both of these companies especially Mattel is the yield that they pay they're paying out dividends uh they pay a 38 cent quarterly dividend right now that's a Five point six percent yield from the Oh my gosh! And I think that's what does
0: that say from a capital allocation? Like the management is literally saying we can't reinvest this profitably, so we're going to do the responsible thing and send the money to shareholders.
1: Potentially, and uh, well, the thing is, you know, their payout ratio was about fifty five percent a year that, or two ago, yeah. so very reasonable. But yeah. it's as of recently where they've run into some of their weak earnings, that it's jumped to one hundred percent or more. Oh wow! And another uh, big toy that Mattel has coming out that I think they're really hinging their hopes on is the Hello Barbie, which is a smart version of the Barbie that kids can essentially press a button and a microphone will record what they say, send it through the cloud and, you know, memorize favorite things. Items of theirs, their name, things like that, kids can really develop a relationship with this Barbie. And some people are really excited about this. And a lot of people on the privacy side, for example, are extremely concerned over what this might mean for privacy of, you know, our most vulnerable, you know, people, children.
0: Yeah, I don't think, uh, uh, when we read about Big Brother, you know, in eighth grade lit class, that, uh, they mentioned Barbie at all, but that seems to be the case here.
1: (laughs) It's a very, uh, It's a very unintimidating way to get to go about it. This has had
0: a bunch of backlash, as I understand. Yeah, it, right? it has
1: from from some parents and and other uh, consumer groups who are concerned that you know these companies are essentially be able to build you know personality profiles for each of these kids who buy this toy, and they're not happy about that. Of course, at the same time, some people would just say, "Hey, you know this." the information so the company is trying to say that defend their actions say that information is going to be private it won't be used to to you know subliminally market to these children telling them to buy more barbie products or make their pro- parents buy them for them this really isn't any different than what facebook does though exactly in the end if for adults if you use google or facebook or anything along those lines it they know does way them. more but you got to keep in mind these are children right so that's where the real hot button issue is so i i've seen videos i highly recommend that anyone listening this this is all over youtube go go on youtube search hello barbie and and look at the recent uh demonstration they had at a at a toy expo and it's pretty impressive uh she you know she can have she can hold a pretty good conversation uh oh my gosh so
0: (laughs) So, uh, bringing it back around to Hasbro, they seem to be on the upswing. They seem to have a lot of these deals with uh, the Disneys and the Jurassic Parks and everything. Well,
1: yeah, Hasbro's been benefiting big time, like I said, from some of the trends that are happening to the overall toy industry. One being a lot of it's like partnership with content, be it TV shows and movies. So, last year, Hasbro put up big numbers because they had, I think, three or four Marvel movies come out. Right. Um, and this year, they have. They're already seeing starting to see a boost from Jurassic World. Um, they have Star Wars coming at the end of the year. Oh my gosh! Uh, they had Transformers last year, yeah. so these uh, like content partnerships for these toys are really really important. The licensing
0: and see, and Marvel's got their. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Marvel's got a movie schedule for the next, I don't know, five years.
1: Exactly. Warner's, so
0: like, they're making another Star Wars trilogy. So there's that. I have to think that Hasbro's pretty well set. Exactly. The end of the decade. That's
1: a really nice. Schedule for them where they know they're going to see strong demand with each release of this uh, for, from these movies. And in 2016, the icing on the cake is that Mattel's uh, uh, licensing with Disney uh, shifts over to Hasbro. They won, were able to win that deal starting in 2016. They will get exclusive rights to produce Disney princess toys. Do you
0: know? And it's totally fine if you don't. I'm just curious. Do you know if uh, Mattel had to pay Disney and Hasbro just outbid them or anything? How'd they win that?
1: I would not be surprised. If, I'm not actually certain. Uh, I imagine it's something along those lines because I know. Because I know
0: Disney doesn't make their own toys. It's just easier for them to just let people make the plastic, and they just get.
1: And the they check. get some <laughs> compensation for that. Yeah, I'm sure. And it's not a small amount either, because like we said Disney Princess dolls contributed or just for Mattel actually Disney Princess dolls contributed about 500 million dollars of revenue for the company in 2014 so that's something that they will be missing and Hasbro will be happily taking right. over
0: Yeah and that, that that dividend seems to be the only reason to give them a look So uh despite the success of you know Mattel's American Girl dolls and Hasbro's Obvious obvious advantage with partnering up with Disney and you know just all these movies that are coming out. Uh, all is not right in Toyland with companies like Leapfrog.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So Leapfrog is a smaller player, um, kind of focused on the other big trend that that we're seeing in the toy space, which is trying to integrate technology. Um, for Mattel and Hasbro, they've kind of been better off sticking to the basics with their dolls and such. To uh, and these these toys are sixty
0: years like. Over half a century old, like that's it's it's worked yeah. for a
1: while. Um, you know, actually, how long have action figures and, and dolls right. been around forever? Yeah. So, uh, they had previously, Mattel and Hasbro previously had tried to integrate more technology in their toys. It didn't really work out well for them. They're sticking to the basics, and that's generally working pretty well, especially for Hasbro. But then you have companies, smaller companies like Leapfrog, which I think is around 150 million dollars market cap, maybe. very very small, yeah. And they are, they originally started out as a more of an educational focus basically convincing parents to say hey you know some of these products being electronics are a little more expensive but don't you want the best for your children they would attack the, they would uh really market to schools and teachers cuz knowing that if the teachers use them in their classrooms that's the perfect marketing scheme for kids and then scheme. if the kids want it then the parents will get it for them. Yeah, scheme is strong word because in the end it did prove to be helpful. They invested in a lot of research to say, hey, you know, Leapfrog is helping with a lot of, you know, reading, child, early childhood development things along those lines. But they've kind of moved away from that. They are also a very niche product, and they're one of their big competitors has been, you know, taking quite a bit of market share away from them. They've seen struggles.
0: Got it. So uh, bringing it back around. Uh, you know, this is the motley fool. What would you say is the investing takeaway here?
1: Well, the issue is that Mattel's prospects are a little on the bleaker side, whereas Hasbro, people are bullish, and it's you can see that in the stock; it's trading near its fifty-two week high. Uh, It's trading about twenty-three times two thousand fifteen earnings, so not anything not cheap, but it's not absurd. Exactly, and so if you are looking for maybe some of the more innovative products, you would look. Towards some of the smaller companies, like an earlier leapfrog, for example, but this seems be... highly speculative. Exactly, though. there's a, definitely a little bit riskier. Uh, otherwise, you know, this is a mature industry. There's always going to be toys. Um, it just, I think that in the longer term, uh, you know, investing horizon that we try and take here at the Molly Fool, uh, Hasbro has definitely had stronger prospects overall.
0: Awesome. Very good. Well, thank you for your thoughts, Vince. Thank you, Sean. Have a good one. And uh, before we go, I wanted to make sure our listeners were aware of a special offer we have for all of our industry-focused listeners. Uh, If you're looking for more stock uh, ideas, Stock Advisor newsletter might be for you. It's our flagship newsletter, started more than 10 years ago by Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We're offering the lowest price out there for our industry-focused listeners. It's $98 for a full two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. You'll get two stock recommendations every single month with insight from our team of analysts. Just go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of this deal. Once again, that is focus.fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks that they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based upon exclusively what you hear on this program. That's it for us, Fools. Thanks for listening, and Fool on!